Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hey, everybody, it's Anna. And it's Ashley. So excited to have you joining us today. So, when is the last time you felt stuck? All the time. Okay, every day. Stuck with something at work, stuck with an issue with my kids, with my marriage. I could go on. Literally, through COVID, I am literally stuck at home right now because I've got one kid in isolation upstairs. Everyone gets stuck sometimes. And yes. in my case, I think a lot of the time. So whether it's a personal loss, a job you're not excited about, a difficult breakup, many people find themselves unsure of where to take their next steps. Uh, raising my hand. I've been yep. there. So that's why I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Kristen Glosserman. She is a goal-setting strategist, life coach, mother of four, and author of the beautiful new book, If It's Not Right, Go Left. I've had the personal privilege of working with Kristen, and she's given me incredible and thoughtful advice on helping me get my own life on track. So Kristen, welcome to the show. Welcome, Kristen. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited, Kristen, because... Like I said, I've had the privilege of working with you and getting your incredible tips and strategies that I still stick with me today, and I'm so, so grateful. So before we dive into tips you have for our audience, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be uh, a professional, personal, and business coach? Okay, so uh, thanks, Ashley. And again, I'm just so excited to be here and, and to connect with your listeners. So um, probably about um, 18 years ago now, I was, like many of you, really unsure about my direction. I was not happy with my career. And while I was successful, there was just something missing. I just, I had this feeling that I was not doing what I was meant to do. And I made that tough choice to to leave a career that was, you know, was okay and paying well and to really go after it. And I think that's where Go Left was born. Um, it wasn't right. It wasn't the right choice for me. I was a sales executive in corporate and I knew that I wanted to be helping people and motivating people and really making a difference in people's lives on a daily basis. Um, so I, I made that I made that leap, but I got unstuck and I started uh, researching, training, development, education, coaching, and I landed at the Institute of Life Coach Training, got certifications, and started coaching. That is a a huge, huge jump from corporate sales, which is demanding and very much like the 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 journalism careers that Ashley and I had, and I still have those deadlines are crazy and they, it almost kind of seems like they just want more and more and more and more and more. So I completely understand where you were like, this is sucking the life out of me. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm so goal oriented. When they gave me a new goal, I chased it. Like I didn't question it. So when you meet or exceed your goal, when you're in that um, sales capacity, the next year they just give you more, right? So it's, it's more and more and more. And they start taking away the accounts you've secured. So you're, you're, you just feel like you're constantly starting from zero. Yeah. Um, and again, for someone who's so goal oriented, uh, you know, I would get my new contact sheet. I would, you know, map it out. How am I going to get to my goal? What do I have to do each quarter? I mean, 
when you succeed, success is rarely an accident. There's got to be a game plan. And I was really good at that. But at the end of the day, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Right. Um, really grateful for that experience. And I think I took a lot of what I learned and I was able to transfer those skills to a new career. So whatever you're doing, have no fear. You're going to find a spot for those skills. So how did you land on life coaching? I know you say you did a lot of research, but how did you land on life coaching and exactly what is a life coach? Thank you. So for those of your listeners that have not yet worked with a life coach, coaching is different from therapy in that I'm working with very healthy, high-functioning people. I'm not working with people who have illnesses or pathologies. So that's a big difference. My clients are are healthy. Maybe we're having some ruts and we're a little bit stuck, but you know, I'm, I'm dealing with um, people who are looking for assistance in change, mm. right? So that's a huge difference between therapy and trauma, right? So really important distinction. What a coach is going to do is just like in sports, they are going to invest in you. They believe in you and your output, and they are going to work to get the very best from you. Even that place that you don't know is there. They see it. And when someone believes in you that way, that's when, you know, amazing things happen. How do you know if you need a life coach and how do you know when you should go looking for one? That's a great question. I personally believe everyone needs a life coach, but I'd actually love to hear Kristen's answer on that. Well, it, 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 a life coach is a, um, and let's just be honest, it's an incredible luxury. Um, fortunately, more and more companies now are bringing coaches in to work with their employees. So more people than ever have access. I've, I'm working with two companies that are bringing me in once a month to work with their executives. So I believe that anyone can benefit from working with a great coach. When do you need a coach? So I talk about that word need. I'm like, when do you want a coach? You want a coach when you're ready to up your game, when you feel that you could bring more to the table than you're bringing and you want someone in it with you to hold you accountable and keep you motivated. Do you, I mean, so something that came to my mind in hearing you talk about what a life coach does is, uh, is the great resignation, which is happening right now. Um, there's right now. studies that show that one in four people are planning on quitting their jobs in 2022. <laughs> so I, like for everyone who's, it seems like a majority of Americans are just burned out at work and ready to quit. Like what advice do you have for them? If they're like, I'm out, I'm leaving. Like what would you say to them right now? Ashley, you're so on point. Cause I just got asked from the networks to talk about this because you're right. I mean, the numbers are high. Last I read, it was over 35%. So the, the, the first thing I want to tell, you know, listeners is that if you want to change your career, I encourage people to embrace that one. Studies show us that you're going to change careers somewhere between or jobs seven times in your life. So if now feels like a good time, make it one of the seven times. There's a lot, 
there's a lot of possibility out there. The way people work has changed. Um, how we, where we work, how we work, who we work for, what we do. There's so much change out there. If right now feels like the right time for you, I think you should embrace it. Well, Wait, Anna, is- Anna, how many times have you changed your career so far? I was just thinking about. I was just actually thinking about that when you were when you were talking about that because, as as a journalist, you know, I started in small markets and came up, and I remember I lived in. One, two, three. I think I lived in like four or five different states within three years. So, you know, I moved from job to job to job to job. But it was always the same job, but it was always in a different place. I was always moving up. I was always doing different things. And then when I moved here to the DMV and I became a freelancer and I became this and then I became a, uh, an online journalist and then I, you know, started doing this, an EP and whatever. But I mean, I've probably worked for... 20 plus different companies and different. And now, now that, that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, God knows how many clients, I mean, that, that we have. And I, I like it. I always loved journalism because every day was different. You know, I didn't go into a job having to do the same thing over and over and over again. Yes, it can be a grind. Any day can be a grind, but it was always different. And what I find now is my clients, while they're on my clients, they're all different. I I have to learn how to work with each of them differently, mm-hmm. and I I find kind of find that that um, rejuvenates and challenges me. Yeah, and that's a great point because, like you said, um, for I have a lesson in the book. It's life lesson four, and that's do what works. Some people really love the variety of a job, like you love having different clients, and other people like the stability of a job where they know exactly what they have to do every day, and they know how to get it done, and they're leaving and logging out at five, right? So we are all looking for different things in our work. The most important thing is that you do the legwork to know what works for you, life lesson four, do what works, and then you chase that. Right. I love that. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your book too. If it's not right, go left. Um, t- I mean, cause you have different life lessons in there. You talk about goal setting. I want to just hear like what inspired you to just write this book and get it out to the world. I was incredibly motivated to share, um, at this point in my life, I had been coaching for nearly two decades. Um, just had my 48th birthday And I felt like over the last 15 years, I had developed a real practice that allowed clients to move in a positive direction at work and at home. And when I was able to sort of boil it down to these 11 lessons or guidelines, um, I just felt like it was, it was so helpful to me. I say this was, this was my personal, you know, self help make it happen playbook that I shared with my clients. When I had the opportunity to share it with more people, it was a no brainer. So I, I, I offer it up. I say humbly, I hope it helps. And I'm just grateful that I'm able to put it out there and, and hopefully change some lives. Yeah. And you know, you, you walk your talk, Kristen, because not only you're a life coach, but you've also been faced with some tragedy too. Um, your brother, Michael tragically died in a ski accident years ago, which I'm so sorry for. And I'm wondering if you could share 
how did you move through and process this tragedy? And like, what lessons did you learn from this loss that impacted your book? So, so Ashley, um, I'm glad you brought it up because the book is dedicated to my brother, Michael. I, I carry his, his memory uh, with me every day. And I think there's a really strong connection among people who have faced loss. And now I feel that circle is bigger mm-hmm. than ever. Yes. And there, there's something very real about how loss changes yeah. us. So one of the things I talk about in my coaching is connect, communicate, collaborate, and change. And when we talk about loss, it's impossible to talk about it without, you know, this connection that everyone who has lost someone yeah. has. And and so for me, there was, you know, when things were not going right in my life, and I, I really struggled in my in my early 20s, I was really motivated to go left and to make a change because of this sense of, hey, I'm here and I've got this life to live. That's more than he has, right? So, so when I so when I was able to sort of, you know, make these big changes, I talk about it, you know, I, I, I got out of a marriage that wasn't working. I got out of a career that wasn't working. I was being destructive, you know, with alcohol and relationships. When, when I finally, I was motivated because I had an appreciation of life and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to squash mm-hmm. it. I'm like, you know, I, I, I have the ability now to change all this. Right. I've just got to make it happen. Yeah. And that's when I started to really dig into ideas like mindset, discipline, goal setting, and accountability, which are the four cornerstones to to the practice. It's it's interesting you talk about goal setting uh, because it's the beginning of a new year and everybody's like, set your goals for the new year, set your goals for 2022. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, you know, the past couple of years, I've been doing all these goal workshops, you know, goal setting workshops and stuff. And this year I'm kind of like... Anna, just be good. Just be better. Yeah. Just be be okay. I mean, just be okay. (laughs) Right. Just like, you know, you're doing good, Anna. Just keep up. How many more goals do I have to set? You know, that's what I'm like. Anna, I feel the same. And like Kristen, to be like transparent, like for me, I think, you know, with the pandemic, it's, it's such a collective trauma that the thought of a goal going into 2022, like was overwhelming and exhausting to me. Yes. We're in survival mode. Like I said, I've got a kid upstairs, like another kid with lice. I'm like, I am swimming uphill right now. And so my word of the year was rest. Like, don't do anything, just chill. And I'm just curious for you, like, what do you say to people that are like, set these goals or like, just what is your opinion on goals in general, especially where we are now in the world? Ashley, I love what you just said, because to be completely transparent, my goal for this year was to work less. I love that. Yay. And and that's okay. So, you know, a a goal doesn't have to, I mean, people think goals and they think, you know, running marathons, losing 10 pounds. No, uh, what a goal is supposed to do is it's, it is your shining light to how to make decisions, right? So, your, your goal helps guide you and guide your decisions, yep. right? So so I knew for, for me personally, and I think a lot of people out there, they're recalibrating their approach That's to it. life. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Recalibrating yes. their approach to life. Like, that's the quote. And, <laughs> and, and, 
And thank you. And and in order to do that, we need to reallocate our energy. Mm-hmm. And and this is a big idea in the book. I talk about energy allocation. I know personally, I felt like more of my energy I wanted, so it's, it's always intentional, I want to spend more of my energy in my home. And that's what my New Year's newsletter was about. Mm. For me, I really felt like I've got two teenagers now. We're looking to make some big moves with the business. I want to be here more. Once you have a goal, you can make decisions that move you towards them. Do you? And that's why you need that. the goal. Do you think that when people come to you as a as a, a business coach or a life coach, do you think that the things that, that, that the goals that businesses set, that individuals set, are um, materialistic, more materialistic in nature, and if they don't? um, reach those goals. I know that I, for one, if I, if I, if I set a, a, one of those types of goals, I need to make $15,000 in one month. If I don't, and I say that, right, that's my intention. Uh, and I don't do that. I think, Oh, I've got to work twice as hard the next month. How do you break that cycle? And should you break that cycle? Mm, Is that not something that I should be on that little roller coaster? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I work with my clients to set really attainable goals. And we know they're attainable because when you're working with a coach, all the goals are measurable. So when I say I'm working less, well, how do we know I'm working less? I'm going to decline on events that don't really Mm -hmm. excite me, right? So there has to be a measurable. So when you have a goal, you could look at it and say, you know, is this realistic? We don't want our goals to feel, make us feel bad. We want our goals to guide us. Mm I also talk a lot about the ability for a goal to change from day to day. So maybe yesterday that was, you know, really working for you. And, and next week things shift your, you know, my husband loses his job and working less isn't really an option. I've got to re, you know, reallocate, recalibrate. So goals are made to change and we have to really, we really want to stay fluid in making. I love hearing that. that Yeah. Because, um, I used to think I could set goals and then I would fail at all of them. And then I'd be hard on myself. And I think that's like one of the other reasons why I don't like to set goals because I'm like, uh, and like, I mean, I I still try, but I fail a lot. And I think it's just, we have to learn to give ourselves like grace and compassion that this is a goal one day, but like, the next day is a new day and things change and life evolves and it doesn't need to be your yesterday's goal doesn't need to be your goal for today. It can change. Yes. And remember, and it's remember the goal isn't always about achieving it. The goal is could be moving. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder in setting that goal, I'm writing that down. (laughs) <laughs> Should we set a time frame? Is are are we like almost sabotaging ourselves, setting ourselves up to fail if we say I am going to do this by this date and then we don't? Are you, you know, are we like working so hard and then boom, it's like it's like when you're pregnant, right? And you have you have a baby, you're pregnant and all you're doing is looking forward to when you have the baby. When you have the baby, everything is about oh, when you have the baby and this and for like 40 weeks here we are just doing this. And then you have the baby and it's like now what? I mean, nothing to look forward to, right? 
I got to feed him now. I got to change his diaper. What do you mean he needs me to survive? I just did this for 40 <laughs> right? So I think it's a great point. Again, you know, when we start looking at the goal as not something to achieve, but something to move towards, our it becomes more about the discipline than the achievement, right? And and that's as a coach where I choose to focus a lot of my energy. The goals are great. I mean, whatever your goal is, it is. But I really want to work with my clients to create a discipline of positive direction towards Mm. those goals, towards your best version, which I call it. Um, The other thing about setting ourselves up for success is personally, and I've worked with Mm -hmm. Ashley on this, I really only hold myself accountable to one major thing a day. It's this little system I have called Begin, Focus, Commit. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. (laughs) So I have this process called Begin, Focus, Commit. It's life lesson two that we start our day with intention, that's begin, so that we don't go into three cups of coffee and a call to mom and look at our clock and it's 11, right? So we wanna set our day with intention, whether it's getting through those emails, getting off that letter, having our workout, whatever is going to set us off on the right foot. Then what I do is I give each day a focus, And what that is, it's a theme. It's a brushstroke. It's not the only thing I'm going to be doing, but it allows me to stay on track. So today's focus was media and outreach. I spoke to you guys. I gave a pitch. I spoke to someone else. I spoke to my publicist, right? That tells me the theme of my day. I still had other appointments. I still have to take my son to the doctor. There are still things happening. It's just my theme. So if I find myself getting off track or find myself with some available time, I know where to put it. Okay. And then the last thing is the commit. That's the one thing I am absolutely committed to doing or achieving today. And the reason I do this is when we are able to write down our commit and know it gets done, we are building incredible integrity Mm. with ourselves and we can build on that platform. So I share with people that I ran a half marathon on commit. One day was two miles. One day was three miles. One day was four miles. And once I wrote it in commit, I knew it was going to happen. I remember the day I wrote seven and a half miles and I said to myself, like, really crit like real but it was on that paper and i went to central park and i did Good job so you you begin to train yourself to really hold yourself accountable to that commit and the other really great thing about commit is you go to sleep every day knowing you got something done you can't toss your hands up and say yeah, nothing right. happened today smart commit's gonna happen i love that yes, I'm, I'm writing all my commits down right now <laughs> but just <laughs> one anna just one just one a day that's right One, I get small, achievable goals that move you in a positive direction. Anna, what's your commit for today? Well, actually, you know what my commit for today was, was this podcast and enjoying my morning, right? I mean, that was really what my, 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 uh, I had a a coffee meeting today with a photographer I work with, Trisha Legray-Smith. So she's so wonderful and we do a lot of work together. So we had coffee with her and I was really looking forward to that. And then we were going to have lunch together, Ashley. So I was going to really enjoy 
the day until the podcast. And Ashley's heard this from me before, but doing podcasts with Ash, whenever we talk to any of the people that, you know, any of our guests, I enjoy that. I love talking. I love talking to people. I just love talking. <laughs> Put me in front of a brick wall. I will talk. So uh, that was my, in, my, that was my commitment. My goal for today was just to enjoy Friday. I have a question. Um, Kristen, so I love begin, focus, commit, but what happens when you begin, focus, commit in the morning and then life happens? I'm going to give you an example because here's my life today. I was supposed to have lunch with Anna, then I got a call (laughs) from the school that one of my kids was in close contact for COVID. I got to pick her up right now. I got another call. Another kid has lice. Like, what do you do? Because when just lifey things get in the way of what you set your intentions for during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Life happens. And I think the better we get at accepting it and moving forward and starting again tomorrow, the happier we are. So just giving yourself some grace, love, and compassion, recognizing that, of course, like it's great if you can do these, begin, focus, commit, and personally, I love them. But then life's going to get in the way. And I love what you just said. Like, tomorrow's a new day. Just do it again. Just do it again. I personally, I I will do everything possible to still get that commit done. And sometimes, you know, Start again. Yeah. Start again. I love that. I think that's great. So tell us, I want to hear if you can share with our audience a couple other life lessons from from your book that you think are important to highlight to our listeners, because it's such a beautiful book and I wish we had like hours to talk about it, but anything that comes to mind that you think should highlight to our audience? Well, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you a question. So, you know, your audience so well, what do you think they're most challenged by? And then I'll, I'll I would say this. I would say in a, our majority of our, our audience are moms, uh, entrepreneurial moms. So the challenge is balancing it's people just like Anna and I and you, Kristen, we're balancing Mm -hmm. a, a career that is our own, uh, oftentimes entrepreneurship or side hustles, but we're also balancing Mm -hmm. a family too. We're managing that family and it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's that overwhelm that, that we face the stress, the, how am I going to get it done when I got to go take this kid to the doctor, pick this kid up from school, go pick up this and do lunch and snacks and sports and everything. And still be a business person, and you know, still, and, still and still have that. And like find time yeah. for yourself, like, which is so hard to do. Um, so that, th- there you go. That's, I'm like, I just described myself. So I'm assuming <laughs> that all of the, are, all, are, are any listeners like me? Tell me. <laughs> so um, I, I mean, there's, there's 11 lessons in the book. I shared with you, do what works. I think, you know, that's something that, um, I come back to again and again because I, I get on that hamster wheel and I'm thinking and thinking, I'm like, okay, wait, what works here, right? What works here is just pick up the kids. Let's let's move forward. We'll get through right. this, right? So um, that brings me to lesson one, which is it's only a problem if you make ah. it a problem. And I've got to say that to myself with, you know, with the, with the shuffle all the time. If I've got to be here and I've got to be there and I only have 20 minutes, it's only a problem if I make it a problem. I might be late. 
I might have to spend more money on an Uber. I might have to get a driver and get someone to help me pick up today. This is a challenge I'm going to work mm. through. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Smart. And really sort of, really kind of talking myself off the ledge that it's only a problem if I make it a problem. And the realize, the reason I really like this one is because there are really big problems out there yeah. that we need to allocate time to. Your kid has lice. That's a problem. You've got to, you've got to get those shampoos. You got to get those picks out. You got to start knitting the hair. We've all been there. That's, you know, that's real. Being 15 minutes late, not a problem. We're going to work through that. that. Maybe I send a text and let them know I'm running late. Maybe I call the teacher, see if she could stay for study hall for a little bit. We can work through this. And I love this one because now that I have two teenagers, ages 13 and 14, they're using it all the time. This is something that's really Mm -hmm. elementary. They can learn this at 13. And they could start working on their mindset on how they're going to start overcoming some of these I think that's so beautiful that you, I'm glad you mentioned your kids and, and kind of incorporating your lessons and teachings with them. Do they, have you taught them about begin, focus, commit and other things? And, and like, I just, I'm just curious how that your coaching career has kind of spilled into your personal life and um, with your kids and their upbringing. Thank you. I have been asked if I want to adapt this for teenagers, and that's something I am thinking about because I'm doing it at home already. Um, Begin, focus, commit, I feel like is a little bit structured for them, and I don't want them to get sort of caught up in in those achievables just yet. Um, But the mindset lessons, like it's only a problem if you make it a problem, and um, my 11-year-old loves Life Lesson 7, which is love oh, as a choice. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I highlight this one because for so many of us in relationships and long-term relationships, it's not always rosy. There's a ton of compromise. There's ups and downs. And it's really healthy for me to remind myself that love is a choice. And I can choose to put my energy into all of the bad and the negative, or I can choose to remind myself of the wonderful, thoughtful, honest, smart partner I have. And the more time I spend reminding myself of all the reasons why we're in this together, the happier I am. So smart. Right. That's great. And love is a choice also applies to the most relationship, important relationship we have, which is the one we have with ourselves. Yep. So when we talk about love, it's, it's, it's really, it's that self-love too. Like I'm doing Mm -hmm. okay, Chris. Yeah. I, I, I I love love that. (laughs) I've been talking about a a lot about self-love lately because and it was so funny. Like the other day, Anna, I was like texting Anna and our, our friend Susan about like, Hey, I want to do this like self-love course. And, and Susan was like, yeah, great. I'll love myself one day and then hate myself the other 364 days of the year. And I was like, God, I hope that's like not how people feel, but I think that people, that's how people feel. It, it is. And that's why, again, everything I'm talking about is creating a discipline around this. When, when something like this happened, you know, when I mess up and I, you know, we all mess up, I messed up pretty big on something and I had, you know, it's okay. It's, it's okay. I messed up. I'm going to move through this. Time is going to heal. 
Love is a choice. I'm not a bad person. It was a mess up. Yeah, I think it's really important, especially right now during this pandemic that we've all been living under for, you know, two years. In March, it's going to be the third year that we are going to be tackling this, right? That'll be start of the third year. And I think that that's really important because as we go through and we navigate, you know, kids home, kids able to go to work, uh, go to school, uh, wearing masks, doing whatever. There's so much focus on things that we never really put our true focus on. And I think a lot of it, especially for women, it comes back on us. And, And I don't really think that women especially were ever taught to give themselves mercy. You know, it's like something we just, you know, moms especially, we just kind of, you know, whatever, sucked it up and went. And we cannot do that anymore. Men too, men too. You can't do that anymore. Especially, you know, you go along through life and you think this is how my life is going to go. And even when it kind of veers off the path or whatever, no one ever thought we would be in a situation like this. And I think that it's really important that we all recognize. And I think that it's slowly happening. It could certainly happen a heck of a lot faster than it is, but it's slowly realizing that it's not just all woo-woo talk like we're sitting here. This is actual, these are actual things to make us not just successful, but to live successfully. Survival. These are survival techniques. I love for you to share, Kristen, and I know we're coming up on time, but I just would love for you to share like the transformation that you've seen with the people that you've worked with, like where they were at when they came to you and like what you see being transformed in their lives now. You know, I, I thank you for asking. I mean, working with people and helping them navigate their lives is it's so rewarding. What I, what I see is that I have this opportunity to share what I've learned that I know works. And when I see people start using the lessons in their life and sort of answering their own questions and they're like, oh, I got it. You know, I got it, Chris. We're good. I've done my, I've done my job. And, you know, I, I work with a young entrepreneur and she was so hard on herself when she came to work for me. She had, you know, I, she dropped the word guilt and stress all the time. And, and we work together to create word replacements and she uses the lessons. And she'll send me texts like, Chris had a great meeting, thought of you, KG, you're the best. And and I, and I see how rejuvenated she is in her journey and how she's really able to, you know, adjust her mindset and just walk a happier road. And people come up to me all the time and they're like, you know, you're so happy, you're smiling all the time. How do you do it? You've got four kids. And I said, this was a very long practice of of really creating a way like you said to live my best version a, a much better version of me than the Kristen that existed at, at 25. um and i'm still on the journey i mean i i don't think it ends i just really feel like when i've had a terrible day and i tap into one of these lessons i know how to get back on track so much quicker and if I can share that with, you know, one person or a hundred people or a thousand people, you know, whoever wants to listen, the information. Oh, it's there. so true. And it's such a beautiful book with powerful 
life lessons, Kristen. And just tell, can you just take a moment, tell our listeners, where can they find everything about you, your book? Where can they go to learn more? And they can go to kristenglosserman.com, which is my name and my website. You can read about what I do. You can buy my book. It'll take you to several links. It'll take you to Amazon. It'll take you to Barnes & Noble. It'll take you to Target or Walmart. So most major book carriers. It's called If It's Not Right, Go Left. And it's really practical and motivational. And I hope- it Oh, I'm sure it will. Absolutely. It's helped me. And I'll say this as, as an author to myself. For anyone, go out and get this book. And then when you get it, you're going to love it. Leave a review because reviews help get the book into the hands of the people who need it most. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners while we have you? Uh, no, guys, it was such a pleasure just connecting with, with you both. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about my practice and my book. It was a thank great you. time. Thank you so much, really. It's yeah. a joy. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you in two weeks.